Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro. The podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Akome. So let's get started. Hey guys, hey, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here back with another episode of Side Hustle Pro. And today in the guest chair, I have, fun fact, my website designer, Shirley Ansley. So in 2015, Shirley went on a journey to start a business and tried to DIY her website only to find out that making your own website is kind of hard. I know this, you probably know this as well. So she became instantly obsessed with figuring out how to build a website the right way. And along the way, found herself starting a business as a freelance website designer. She ran her business on the side while still working a full-time job for almost two years until finally taking the leap. She left her nine to five while three months pregnant with her second child a few months before the pandemic hit. Today, she is a successful and profitable freelance website designer who's had the privilege of working with award-winning podcasters, women of color, women-led business, national organizations, and more. And in today's episode, she gets into the strategy she used to transition from her job while still growing her side hustle, how she worked on and improved her technical design knowledge so she could shift from charging only $675 for a website to now charging between $5,000 to $10,000 and so much more. Let's get right into it. 
So welcome to the guest chair, Shirley. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here, Nikayla. Hey, everybody inside Hustle Pro. So Shirley, as I already told you guys, is my, I want to say best kept secret, but you are no secret. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen your portfolio these days. Like you have been working on some amazing, amazing projects, websites for awesome creators, podcasters. So before you became this awesome website and graphic designer, what was your original career path? You were, I believe, an engineer, right? Yep. I started off in the whole engineering industry. My biggest dream was to become a Walt Disney Imagineer. And so I was like on track to do that. that. So um, Imagineer, so like when I first got introduced to engineering, um, I didn't know that you could do so many things with it. But the one thing that I found fascinating was that you can use engineering in order to build like entertainment stuff. So theme park rides, um, themed environments, anything from uh, doing the actual drafting of a themed environment to actually like building it or supervising it from a project perspective. So Imagineers do um, like a whole facet of things. They're artists, they're engineers, they're project managers and things of that nature. Um, I was really fascinated in the project management perspective of doing Imagineering. So that's basically what I was trying to do. I I got a, my dream job working for the Walt Disney Company for a for like a little bit in 2012, like I worked with them. Um, I did get a project management job in a contract position and that was wonderful. Um, But then my contract ended, I moved back to Boston and I tried to figure out how I could keep kind of like the engineering thing going, Um, but I wasn't finding any type of fulfillment in it. So I made a career transition from engineering into design. And that's kind of like how this whole journey started because I was working for an organization and then I eventually started working for myself. And it's kind of like been happily ever after, sort of like (laughs) after that. I think that is, I think that is extremely cool because first of all, you've taught me about this role I never knew existed. I mean, of course, we know that there are engineers behind the scenes at Walt Disney World. But when you're in that place of just magic, that's all you Mm -hmm. see. It it almost feels like it just popped up that way. And that's just how it's always been. (laughs) But what I also find intriguing is thinking about you working in the most magical creative space on earth, you know, as some people feel it is, to now what you do in having to reimagine websites over and over again, because mm-hmm. everyone always comes to you and is like, I like that. But of course, you don't want mm-hmm. everyone's website to look the same. Right. Of course, you're like, I cannot actually give you that same website. Right. So you're constantly tasked with reimagining. So I, I just think that, I don't know if you've ever connected those dots, but that's no, actually but I'm really like, cool. I'm about to add that to my website. <laughs> I love the way you connected that. I never, I never viewed it as that, but yeah, it yeah. basically is kind of like the same thing where you take an idea and you mm-hmm. um, say, how can I re-engineer this to make it work for the the objectives that the the client is trying to do overall at the end of the day? And that's basically what I try to do for everybody that I work with. And it's really, really fun. Yep. And one of the things that, you know, Shirley does really well. And again, I don't know if you know this, but I'm telling you now is um, so on that same theme of imagining, right? When you go to a website, you don't even realize, but you're having an experience. Same Mm -hmm. way when you walk into a store and you have merchandisers who have designed that store to help you Mm -hmm. have a certain, the experience they want you to have with a website. Mm -hmm. That is what we all hope to do. But we, we are as, um, 
creators or whatever it is that you do, whatever you need a website for, you want to look for someone who is able to guide someone through your site and is able to tell you what you need to do to guide someone through your site. Because we don't think about this every day. If you don't live in the land Mm -hmm. of design, you don't think about the experience the person is having when they land on your site. So, So why did you transition from the journey of trying to be an Imagineer Mm -hmm. at Walt Disney World to starting to design websites? What happened? What led to that pivot? Yeah. So um, in 2012, that's when my contract was with the Walt Disney Organization. So it was a contract position. I knew it was going to end at some point in time. Um, I believe they had extended it like twice as much as they could (laughs) with the budget that they had. Um, But eventually the contract ended. And I went back home thinking, you know, I'm just going to be here for a couple of months and then I'm going to find a job back in Florida again. Um, Mm -hmm. But that never happened. So I tried to make use of you know, kind of doing the same thing I was doing just at home in Boston. And even though like I was working at the same capacity for another organization, I kind of lost all of that motivation and all of that gusto that I had with working with these other organizations. And I just didn't have the same passion or motivation anymore. And I wanted to try a career pivot because I was tired of literally hopping on the phone every day with my sister and crying and telling her I'm miserable at my job. So I was like, well, let me try something that I've always done my entire life. And people say, hey, you're really good at this, um, which was design. So like in college, I was that girl that you went to whenever you needed a flyer or a poster, (laughs) or if we needed to quickly develop some sort of like digital thing that was that was me i created the pamphlets i was designing the t-shirts and stuff like that but i was just doing it for fun i never thought you could make a career out of design but when i said i i was talking to my sister and she was just like hey nobody's forcing you to stay at your job so why don't you just quit and i was like quit what do you mean (laughs) um and i was like (laughs) yeah i know right like i i wanted to um i don't know if i mentioned this before but like i'm a first generation haitian american and it's like so imperative that like i i make my parents proud (laughs) and i didn't want to just like quit a good paying job oh yes right that's blasphemy You remind me of that saying, and you know, my friend Cass always says this too, like, you're not a tree, you can leave, like you you are not planted, like you literally, a lot of times we spend so much time um, so upset with where we are and you don't remember that you have that power. No, it's not going to be easy and it might not mm-hmm. happen overnight, but once you make that decision, like, look, this is not working out, I'm going to do something else, then you start working towards that, mm-hmm. game changer. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, you get it, girl. Yes, that's exactly basically what I had. It was like a, a light bulb just went off in my head. I was like, oh, I, I guess I don't have to stay here. Yeah. Um, and so I started looking for uh, different, like basically design positions that were not entry level, but like mid level, right? Okay. And the goal was basically to find something that would help me experiment with a career in design because um, mm-hmm. it was completely different for me and I just didn't know what the expectations were especially since I didn't have like a formal degree in yeah. design I had a formal degree in engineering and those kind of don't translate right so I got a job working as a learning experience slash visual designer like the formal position was visual designer but it was really a learning experience designer job so okay. in that position I learned 
how to do everything from designing pitch decks to designing sales presentations, um, creating courses for adult learners. That was like the biggest part of that that job. And it was kind of like diving in deep (laughs) when I had absolutely no clue what to do. Um, I really had to teach myself a lot of the fundamentals of like typography, which is learning how what fonts work with what, especially with adult learners, because um, they're sensitive to different types of ways that you structure your fonts. I had to learn um, how to use color properly. Um, I had to learn how to brand an organization that didn't really have a brand. (laughs) And I was not a brand strategist. I was not a brander. I was not familiar with that at all. Um, So I had to learn how to create a brand for that particular organization. And then I created like literally, um, I believe it was like over 70 or 80 lessons, like at 80 courses uh-huh. in the, the course of the time that I worked with that particular organization. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot of work. Wow. And I, I dived deep. I made a lot of mistakes. There were several times where I thought they were going to fire me. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, One of the things you said really stuck out to me. You talked about um, having to teach yourself. So how are you learning these things? Like, you know, how are you teaching yourself? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So um, when I started just doing design, like I was just doing it on the fly. Um, But like, again, like I'm first generation Haitian American. My mother had big, big plans for me. Um, (laughs) For summers, I didn't go to traditional summer camps. I went to like science, science camps, coding camps, all that type of stuff. Um, One time she had enrolled me in an HTML coding class Mm -hmm. where we just had to learn this like mysterious thing called HTML. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> Little did I know that I would be using that later on in life in order to start doing design and development. Now, by the time it was actually useful for me, I had like little very working knowledge of it, right? Yeah. So I had to actually um, like nights and weekends and stuff like that. I would go on Google, like okay. searching how to do something in Photoshop, right? And I would give myself assignments and I would create something posted up on like Facebook because that was popular at the time. Yeah. I would post it up on Facebook. People would be interested be like, hey, could you do something for me? Um, and every time I got somebody who was like, hey, could you do something for me? That was a- also another assignment for me. And then I would get paid to Google, figure out how to do <laughs> X, Y, and Z, figure it out how to do it, post it back up on Facebook. <laughs> After I kept doing that over and over and over again, um, the skills just kept building, right? So I was pretty much just getting paid to learn how to design on the fly. But every wow. time I did it, I literally was just Googling how to do X, Y, and Z stuff. So I'm so ever grateful for all of the people who posted how they do certain stuff online. Because yeah. um, at the time, everybody was just sharing everything for free. Yeah, It, it was it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you start taking on actual clients in terms of your web design business? When did that start? So for website design, I think my first client was in 2016, somewhere around that time, like right when I had my son. Um, My first first client was a friend from college had recommended me a friend that she was working with. So she was my first client and my first project, I think I charged something like $675 because I didn't know how much to charge. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I had charged like $675 and I thought that was a lot of money at the time um, to help this girl build her like life coaching business. Um, and I built that first website on Wix, which I thought was like 
a major platform at the time. And that project probably took me about four months or so to do. Um, she was very nice during the whole entire process. She allowed me to experiment and do different stuff with graphic design, yeah. um, very patient with me and stuff like that. And she was very, very happy at the end of the day with her product. And when that project ended, I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. I charged somebody yeah. for a website. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that 675 was divided by four, y'all. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so thank goodness I still had like a full time job at the time because I was right. like, oh, this is this is not going to cut it. This is not going to feed yes. the family. <laughs> now, at what phase did you start to kick it in gear? Did you start to get more aggressive? Because, yeah. you know, at some point you went from side hustling to making this your main hustle. So how mm -hmm. did that transition happen? So at first I was like really, really scared. Mm hmm to do anything full time. Um, I was just like, I wasn't sure of myself, like because of the fact that like my first, the first project that I did was 675 and I'm a numbers person and I was just like crunching the numbers and I was like, the yeah. 675 really is not gonna cut it, but who's gonna hire me like without any technical website experience? Because again, I was like a self-taught designer. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't really confident in myself and I had to gain the confidence in order to actually start number one, charging more in order to mm -hmm. actually leave my job. Um, but one of the things that motivated me was I just discovered like lots of podcasts and audiobooks and things like that nature, but specifically, obviously this is kind of like a plug, but Side Hustle <laughs> Pro really, really inspired me um, as I was trying to gain the confidence to literally quit my job, right? Because I was hearing all of these stories from women who also worked full-time jobs that transitioned into owning their own business by themselves by just slowly kind of gaining the experience and the confidence. And I was like, oh my goodness, look at all of these women who are doing that. Some of them are also mothers. Some of them, you know, like some of them were dead broke at the beginning. Like yep. <laughs> some of them had just the savings and stuff like that. And I was like gaining some strategies and insights just by listening to these different stories. And that helped me gain the confidence or just at least come up with a plan on how I'm going to go from working on the side hustle to actually working full time. So first things first is um, I did two things. So one thing I learned from you was that I needed a savings. Okay. So yes. <laughs> I actually started uh, creating like this uh, job escape account. Like I literally called it escape from job or something like that. A savings <laughs> account. Yep. And I started just like, literally, I was like, okay, I'm going to do three months, at least three months of savings for my job escape. Um, mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, like six months out, right? Yep. So I would aggressively save to that particular account. I wasn't like spending frivolously during those times. So I would aggressively save towards that account. And then yeah. the second thing is I started charging more and I did it incrementally. So mm -hmm. once I finished a project, basically incrementally, I would charge an extra three to $500 um, on each project. So by the time I would get to like person six or seven or whatever, um, yeah. I was charging like two or $3,000 or something like that. Right. So, because like every time I would just like charge a little more, charge a little more, charge a little more. Cause I was doing something bigger, or grander or whatever, or I learned a, a new skill. When mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was charging 3000 per project, I was like, okay, I feel confident enough to at least put in my notice, <laughs> put in some type of notice, right? Yeah. Um, especially since like when I found out I was pregnant with my second and I knew I had like basically a clock that was that was running that was gonna put me on maternity leave anyway. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, 
I have the confidence in, um, to be able to actually leave. Did you take your maternity leave first, though? Like, take your maternity leave and then say, by the way, I'm not coming back? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was three months pregnant when I left. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> you were done. You were dead. <laughs> I was, yeah. So what we kind of decided to do was that, um, and this was a strategy that I learned from one of your guests, was that I was going to work part time with the company that I was working with, but um, full time as a freelance designer. So, okay. um, so how did that work? I, yeah. So when I left. <laughs> technically, I was like, it was technically give me giving my notification, but yeah. um, essentially they would be able to still contact me if I, um, if they ever had like a project that they wanted me to work on, but I wasn't obligated to, you know, be on their clock, show up at an office, show up to meetings or anything like that. It was literally almost as if I was a contractor for them. And Got that it. worked out really well because it truly gave me that feeling that I was out on my own. I was a true freelance designer. Um, so I'd work a little bit with them. I'd work a little bit on these projects that I had um, as a full-time designer, but then I also had the savings that helped me get through the first couple of months because um, I was still kind of trying to figure out how to balance money and all of that stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that's what basically happened. That was uh, your transition, like your, yeah, your with how transition. you went. So uh, Chris did it. My my episode with Crystal Crystal Rory. If you guys want to go back, I'll link to it in the show notes too. Is the guest uh, Shirley's mentioning? And um, so I love the fact that you you know you <laughs> you took that advice of having that savings, you guys, because um, there's nothing worse than leaving and scrambling for money or just feeling like you are making decisions based on a desperation to mm -hmm. cover your bills because then you start making really bad decisions actually. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing that you touched on that is also really important is you allowed yourself to develop your skills before you started charging more. Mm -hmm. I know that nowadays there's this pressure. There's this narrative that you need to raise your prices. You're not charging enough. <laughs> But no one is talking about the growth. The, no one's emphasizing that your prices will grow as your skill set grows. Mm -hmm. So you talked about like, hey, I I was learning. I, I learned a new skill set that I'm going to be applying. And now they're looking at that and they want that. Yesterday's price is not today's price That's as a result exactly. of these yep. new skills that I have. So emphasizing that like I love that you emphasize that because yes your prices should go up as your skills increase as well can we talk a little bit about your um how you marketed yourself to get new clients because you know I'll never forget that email you sent me when you had a whole video of <laughs> this future website that I could potentially have if I just work with you. And I was like, what? I have never seen this in my life. Um, so tell, tell people that story because I just love that. Yes. That you did that. I just, I've never seen anything like that. That's so funny that you say that because I remember when I started making that plan to transition, uh, I was just trying to build a portfolio. Like I was yep. like, but I want to build a portfolio with people that I would love to work with in the future. So I just like literally, like I said, after work, I would do my homework and I yep. just created this portfolio of 
like clients that I would like to work with. And your podcast, I was addicted to it. Like literally, I was like, but the user experience so man, on this website, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I was like, what yeah. would it look like for me as somebody who is addicted to this podcast? What would I want to see yeah. when I hop on her website? So I just decide designed like a whole home page around it. And I mm-hmm. like my objective was not to pitch you. <laughs> like I was not yeah. trying to pitch anybody. I just wanted the permission to be able to showcase what I was mm-hmm. creating on my website. So I reached out to you with this whole design idea that I had. And I I think I recorded in Loom or something like that. Like, yeah, but I you recorded record, a video you did a screen like, showing yeah. um, what the website would look like. And I'm like, hey, would it be okay for me to just like display this on my website? And you're like, how about we work together? And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I was like, how about you, I pay you for this website. And then, yeah, of course you could put it on your portfolio. But I didn't even understand what you were asking. I was like, what? Like, I need this website. (laughs) And by the way, you guys, so that was in 2019 or maybe it was end of 2018, but we worked together 2019. Mm -hmm. So I was three years into podcasting. So I always tell people, you know, when you first start out, your first draft of your website should be simple. It it should be DIY because mm-hmm. you're you're still figuring out um, what your offerings are are going to be and the things that you want. So you need some time to develop as a business owner before you you invest a lot into a website. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I, I've spoken about um, when. Crystal was on the show. What's your take on that? Because I, I, I wouldn't have been able to work with you, I don't think, um, until I really had that grasp of what my offerings were. And still, every day, we're still we're still getting ready to tweak some more <laughs> yep. the website even more because I'm so glad you I've grown. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought it up. So after a while of working with different types of business owners, like I've literally worked from people who are starting from scratch to people who have mm-hmm many years of experience in their business. And I find the best projects, the ones that go most smoothly are the people who are more established and who have been in the nitty gritty of their business for a while. And the reason for that is because when you know who your audience is, what your audience wants from you, exactly what your products are, what the prices are, what platforms you're using, what you're connecting, you know, like when you know all of that stuff and it's already set up, it's so easy to design a user interface or an experience around all of that stuff and just make it neater and cleaner and organize it so that it's all good. Um, The projects where I've worked with people who are just beginning and don't know what they're doing, they required the most amount of work. They didn't even understand what exactly the product was like or what the Mm. service was or, you know, like how we're going to be displaying it on the website. And I found that like they would be investing so much money into designing and developing a website when you could have used that same money to just help with your marketing, your sales funnels, your your traffic and your, you know, like just basically getting right, traction, right. getting clients, proving that your stuff actually works before you invest in kind of like doubling down with your website. So mm-hmm. um, like if I yeah. were going to invest anywhere between five to $10,000 on my website, it's because <laughs> it's because I've already established a system yeah. where I know where my, where my audience is coming from, what the experience that they need on their website is before, mm-hmm. you know, like I drop the, the money down. So I totally agree with you. Have, have the website. It don't look, need to look pretty. Just right. DIY it. 
plain you can spend website. like 20 yeah. bucks on it. <laughs> and how do you pick the best platform when you are DIYing it? Because, you know, sometimes uh, people ask me that and I'm like, I'm not a website designer, but here's what I use. <laughs> yeah. So the platform is really dependent on how involved you want to be with the mm. technical aspects of the website, okay. because there are, there are benefits and like, disadvantages or pros and cons to every type of platform. Um, I've worked in all types of platforms. Um, the most popular ones are obviously going to be Wix, Squarespace, Showit, and WordPress as of right now. Webflow is coming in too. Like I'm starting to learn that platform as well. But okay. um, the ones for small business owners and personal brands, the go-to ones are going to be uh, Showit, Wix, Squarespace. Um, and then like WordPress is really for the person who has more advanced stuff, right? So um, if you're not very technically savvy and you just don't want to put like too much time into building your website, you probably want to consider something like Squarespace. Just know that there are limitations as far as like designs are concerned. Um, Showit is also really good at doing like the whole drag and drop user interface and making something really pretty, but just know that there's a learning curve around it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then WordPress has like probably like the largest learning curve, but it has um, really, it's really just amazing how much you can do with it um, once you know what you want, right? Yep. If you know what you want, you, you know how to put it all together, you know how to make it work, but just know that with WordPress, the caveat is that you can't just like set it and forget it. Like you have to take care of it or at least have somebody who's taking care of it, you know, yep. like. Do yeah, something yeah. WordPress. Because if you don't do something, your website will break. Yes, yes. I've done Squarespace and I've done WordPress. Um, and so I'm glad that you mentioned that because I f I find that. Um, later on down the line, if you want to take advantage of things like plugins and all those things, I appreciate WordPress for that reason mm -hmm. and show it. I never even heard of. <laughs> so that's new to me. <laughs> yeah, I think the reasons why show it has become so popular is because um, especially like people who are self-taught designers like myself, yeah. you don't have to get into more of the technical stuff that is involved with WordPress. So mm -hmm. it's very, it's almost like Wix in a way, mm, a little bit, a little bit different, but, um, it. but it's uh, very much for the person who loves design, doesn't want to um, spend too much time on the technical aspects, wants yeah. a lot of flexibility in the way that the website is, and then also can like get it up and running and like little to no time as possible. Mm. So like basically with all of those platforms, you're going to get that. Basically you can get your website up and running um, in little to no time, which is also another Got philosophy it. I have, right? Um, as small business owners, we spend way too much time working on the website projects. I personally do not <laughs> believe it should take four months to do a website project coming from a person <laughs> Who has taken four to six months designing yeah. websites? I have done yeah. that. Like it, like I think my, one of my I'm longest guilty of projects. That. I'm guilty <laughs> of letting life just trap me in indecision, or like I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it, and before you know it, it's been a year. <laughs> Yeah, And you I, haven't worked or like a new project will come up. Mm -hmm. So you have to really also prioritize as a business owner. You have to really say, okay, what is most important? What's going to move the needle? Mm -hmm. And focus on that and refuse to let those distractions get you all like worked up like, oh, no, I need that on my website too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe I took a course basically that taught you how to build a website in five days. And I was like, oh, after seeing this, I was like, 
um, even like a more complex or complicated website, maybe it could be done in like two or three weeks. Like it doesn't take long to design a website. If you're strategic and you're organized, Mm -hmm. like the pages, like, you know exactly what content is going on there. And there's like, and this is the engineering me, there's like literally a pattern and a strategic way to like design a page. And all you have to do is kind of just fill in the stuff based on um, the principles that you've learned. So if you are a designer and you're kind of watching this and wondering, oh, how do I um, increase the speed time of designing and developing a website? Number one, choose the choose the platform, choose one that's really good for you. But also um, just know that like, it's really just a pattern that you just like, you go in and then you plug and play your content. Um, But as small business owners, like before you do anything, uh, what you need to focus on is organizing your content so, mm-hmm. so that you don't take four to six months designing and developing a website. Right, right. Because that's not your web designer's job either. That's mm-hmm. a common misconception that you can just throw all this junk at them and they're going to take that and make it into this beautiful website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, you actually need to get your copywriting together and, mm-hmm. and you know, all of that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, and when we keep them bottled up, it affects us negatively. I have found that therapy has been a safe space to get things off my chest. I had my daughter last August, and by January, I hit up my therapist like, let's go ahead and set up this monthly session. Therapy has been so helpful for me in setting boundaries, and it just empowers me to be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, this is your sign to go ahead and do it and give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash HustlePro today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash HustlePro. So we kind of took a detour there and I don't want to miss out on sharing some other parts of your story. So I know that we were talking about, you know, you leaving at three months um, and three months pregnant and Uh starting to incrementally raise your prices, raise your prices. At what stage would you say you you really felt comfortable in saying like, I am a website designer. This is what I do full time. I'm not looking for another role. And what did it take to get there? Um, for the most part, like when I left, I had so much confidence in telling people, um, this is who I am and this is what I deliver. Now, along the way, there were a lot of obstacles. So some of the obstacles that I encountered was that my process was not locked down for me to be able to take on more clients. Um, so shortly after I gave birth, um, I didn't really take maternity leave. I probably took a couple of days to myself, but I didn't really take <laughs> maternity leave. Um, And I think that's just because I was working for myself. So I I had absolutely no no boundaries, but that's a story for another day. But shortly after I had my son, I was not expecting the influx of people who were going to come into my pipeline. So I just said yes to everything, which was a major lesson for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I need to understand like, everybody is not a yes. (laughs) Everybody is not a yes. Um, You need a screening process. Like you need to choose clients. Not just because of the individual who was coming into my pipeline, but it was just Mm -hmm. also, I was not able to manage it. I was a one person business or, you know, like I really describe myself as a freelance designer because that's who I am. Like, it's just really just me. And um, being just me and trying to manage multiple projects for me, it was not working because I wanted to, I wanted to give like the best experience for my clients as possible. But when I'm not able to, you know, like send you an email back right away or, um, deliver like a graphic within like a 24 to 48 hour period, like that was weighing heavy on me. I know some of my clients did not matter, like did not mind. They were just like, okay, you know, you just had a baby, like it's okay. And I'm just like, no, it's like, it's not okay. (laughs) So um, that weighed heavy on me. I didn't have a process in place in order to like be able to handle the influx of people. So it was a blessing that a lot more people were um, figuring out who I was. Um, mostly, I know you asked about my marketing earlier, but it was it was mostly through word of mouth and referrals that I was able to get client after client after client. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of those people came coming in. Um, so I had to get through that obstacle of like taking a moment to actually create a, a solid process. And I would tweak my process with every client that would come through, kind of see the things that didn't work or kind of see um, where I was being a bottleneck in order to figure out exactly how to fix my process. Um, number two, I started uh going into what my packages were and cutting out a lot of things. So I was I was doing the most. I was doing everything. Right. What kind of things did you cut out? How did you restructure yeah. your packages? Um, okay, so if it wasn't for the fact that I had started joining coaching programs and like just mm-hmm. going into Facebook groups with other designers and stuff like that, I wouldn't have known that I was like literally doing the job of four or five people and just wow. offering it for way less. way less than all of these other people were. And I was like, oh, I think I need to fix this. And this was probably contributing to the fact that like, um, 
why my process was so slow and stuff like that. So I started cutting out like one of the things that I um, started cutting out was brand strategy um, Mm -hmm. because I knew that wasn't like it was not something that I was really strong at. Like I understood the fundamentals of brand strategy, but there are some Mm -hmm. people out there, there are people who are really good at articulating exactly why your brand should take a certain direction and why they should do that and like be able to document it and everything. Um, I feel like brand strategy is almost line hand in hand with marketing. And that's, that's just not my, my thing. (laughs) I was not strong at that. So I decided decided to cut brand strategy out and that gave me huge relief. Um, the next thing was cutting out branding in general. Um, Mm -hmm. so branding, um, I love doing it. It's just that like, I knew that people, there were people out there who were 10 times better. So what what do you mean by branding? Are you talking about helping people to kind of select their colors and select and and do their logo and and typography and all that stuff? Like, what did you, what do you mean by branding? Yeah. So, um, in my kind of like learning process, um, the way that I was creating branding and the way that I discovered that branding was done through other, um, more experienced designers, I noticed that they were providing more value that, um, I wasn't necessarily doing. So I thought it was just, oh, here's here's a color palette. Let me pick this for you. Let me pick out some photography for you. Um, yeah. Let me try to figure out exactly what logos we should create and stuff like that. And I would just create like a simple logo for them. Um, yeah. But what other um, very, very experienced brand branders, uh, I'm just going to call them that, <laughs> brand designers will do, <laughs> we call them that. They, yep, yep. they really get into the nitty gritty of it. They create so many iterations. Like I probably would create m- maybe like 12 iterations of a logo uh-huh. before I actually present one to the client. Whereas other brand designers, they would iterate it maybe like 30, 40, 50 times before they create something that they actually present to the client. And they also mm. provided them with a variety of assets that I was not providing to my client. And I knew that in order to become like a to provide the most value to my client, um, at lo- as far as branding was concerned, um, that like I was not going to provide that level of service for them at the price point that I was. So I just I was like, it, it's got to go. <laughs> That's so, good to know. Yeah, what you need to drill down on and focus. So what did you start focusing on? So then I started focusing simply on website design and development. And um, okay. I think at that point I had also taken a course uh, with. Jerisha Hawk, which was another one of uh, your interviewees that I was like really inspired (laughs) by. And um, through that course, that's when I learned uh, like you will always, always, always be narrowing down exactly what you do. So I thought like, hey, I'm a web designer developer. That's very specific. No, Uh no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) It can get more specific. And I literally have gotten more specific with it as well. So last year when I when I narrowed it down to just website design and development, I would just um, market that on my website. Um, I would get like a nice influx of people who actually just wanted website design and development. But um, another one of the kind of like obstacles that I had to go over is like figuring out which platform was best. Because I realized that um, again, as a solo business owner, um, the people who were coming to me were coming to me with various different platforms, which means Mm -hmm. I had to learn different skills for each one of these different platforms. So it was like basically turning my brain on and off, on and off with every single project all the time. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be nice if I just like kind of focused on one or two of these? And then um, that way I know how to design and deliver in a faster paced time. Mm 
right? So I started focusing on just WordPress platforms and with a specific word uh, website builder, which is Elementor. And mm-hmm. I started showcasing a lot of um, some of my work on the Elementor, like Facebook group and stuff like that. And I guess mm-hmm. Elementor noticed that I was sharing some of that stuff and they um, contacted me to interview with them. And I was like featured on their platform because I was just oh, like awesome. doing a whole bunch of stuff with them. So I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. And it actually showed me the value of actually like really narrowing down exactly what areas that you're going to do. So eventually, like basically my packages have been almost cut down to a point where um, like if you're coming to me and you don't have branding, you don't have copywriting, you don't have strategy, you don't have marketing, (laughs) like if you're working on a different platform, like we're not we're not a match. Um, Mm. I'm also able to like do one of my biggest thing is like, I want websites done between two to four weeks. Like it should not take longer than that. And because of that, I'm also able to charge like uh, anywhere between five to $10,000 for, for my platforms. And that really helped with my packaging. So even though, um, like in the beginning I was charging $600 to do it on any platform and then do anything like graphic design, logos and all that stuff. I'm at a point right now where I'm doing very something very specific and I'm able to charge a higher price because I cut so many things out of my package and got very specific. And now I'm like an expert in that particular area, if that makes any sense. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I love the fact that um, you touched on Listen, when you're a service-based provider, you have to screen, you have to eliminate, you have to really drill down on who who is a good match for you. It is a matching process. Not everyone is your client and that's okay because you want them to have a good experience as well. So mm-hmm. if this is just not the right match, then it's okay to walk away, to let them know that that's not you have to eliminate that uh, attitude of lack. And I think when you're first starting out, at going from side hustling and where you're like just trying to get clients when you're going from being a beginner and when you start becoming experienced and you transition into that mode you have to trust that another client that's better for you will come along you have to completely let go of that lack mindset and say just because i'm turning this down doesn't mean i won't be able to make money and pay my bills yeah and can i add to that is that also um there will be some people who get through the cracks. <laughs> like even though you say, <laughs> even though you say no to some people because you know the red flags, you see mm-hmm. them. Uh, there's some people who get through the cracks. That happens. Like I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I learn um, in yeah. creating my process. I thought that you know, like seeing other successful designers out there, I'm, I just thought that they always had the perfect clients that were always coming through. They knew how to say no. They had boundaries and stuff yeah. like that. But um, I remember hearing one designer, um, she's running a website design business. She had like been making multiple millions of dollars and she was like, you have to understand that like, it's not about avoiding the the nightmare client. It's just anticipating the nightmare client because they will get through eventually. You just have to learn how to manage when that person gets through. I know you mentioned, you know, that um, your packages have shifted, but then also your process has shifted. Um, What particularly has shifted about your process? Um, Again, I'm really interested in this for service-based providers because being 
a one woman show can be it, it's not sustainable mm-hmm. right like um you want your income to grow while not burning yourself out so how have you shifted your process to allow for that yeah i find that um automation is your best friend um so i uh at some point in time i got really intense about finding um any platforms that allowed me to automate certain things things like submitting proposals contracting Okay. submitting like the deliverables and things of that nature. Um, anything I can automate, I will try to automate to my the best of my abilities, right? Um, a lot of communications that you provide, especially as a service provider, a lot of the communications that you will give to your clients is going to be some of the same stuff over and over and over again. So you might as well just write them all down, put them in an email <laughs> and just like, hey, like copy and paste the email, send it to the client. Um, that That's definitely yeah. going to help. I spent like literally <laughs> like one week just typing out all these type of emails or communications about like, hey, you're just starting this. Hey, I see you're behind on this. Hey, this is what this is like. Hey, this is how I want you to provide feedback. Um, I spent a good amount of time doing that. I've even had people yeah. copy it. I was like, okay, go ahead, take it. <laughs> yeah, like... Um, so number one is automating. Yeah. Number two is I yeah. do contract out certain stuff um, on occasion. So I had yeah. another developer friend who was like good on the Elementor platform. And when I feel mm-hmm. a little bit overwhelmed, basically I just hire her to help me with some of the development work. And that has helped me tremendously. So I'm very grateful for being able to, you know, like get yes. some help eventually. I, I know I am a one woman show, but like, I know my limits. So like, I know yep. when I need yep. to like get somebody in to help me on a contract basis, um, just like I'm a contract to somebody else. So that also mm-hmm. helped with my process as well. So the two major thing as a service-based business is like really uh, get those tools that can help you with automation. And then when you are at like your bit, uh, biggest bandwidth, just try to see if you can contract work to somebody who has kind of like the same skill level as you. I love those tips. And one of the things, you know, as a client of Shirley's that I enjoy is when you make your videos explaining and you'll walk me through. So um, what's good about that is so she'll send a video in the email like, you know, here's what I've done. Here's how it works. Here's how to do it in the back end. It's good because then I can always have that Mm -hmm. um, to share with my team when I'm training people on, you know, how to do stuff on my site, um, like my virtual assistant. And then also I can go back to that. I don't have to keep emailing you. And also I'm the type of person that I might be a little too hands off, but I just, I really am not a phone call person. Like I, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not a frequent phone call person. Like, you know, I, I just want you to sum it all up for me. <laughs> So that it, that just works for me. We don't have to jump on the phone. Yeah. You're just like, boom, here's everything you need to know. Yes. Here, here's, yes, <laughs> like, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, I think that's one thing you and me have in common. And that's why I like, yeah. I just resonated with you so much as I was listening to you because mm-hmm. I was, I was that person who never, like when I left my job, I was like, I don't want to hop on another call meeting another with anybody. Meeting if, I don't need like, to. if I don't need to do it, then I will not do yeah. it. Trust me. Yeah. That's, that's how yeah. I set up my process. Like I'm like minimum, minimum calls <laughs> as yes. much as possible. Probably to my detriment, I need to like really stop and start doing more meetings. But for now, it's just been just how I prefer to work. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's because corporate PTSD. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe too much. <laughs> So 
before we jump into the lightning round, um, can you just share how you have moved through these last few years when, you know, you've been juggling two kids at home and you are client-based business. So you touched on it a little in that, you know, you have this guilt in not always being on or not being able to get back to people in the same way that you expected because we had this huge surprise dumped on our lap in that Mm -hmm. pandemic. So, you know, how have you navigated these two years and mentally just been able to keep yourself uplifted so that you can provide the best service possible to your clients? Such a good question. So good. I'm taking notes because I'm still trying to work on it. (laughs) I mean, I I remember reading Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes, and one of the uh, parts that like really stuck out to me was when she said, um, "I can't be everything to everybody." You know, she was like, sometimes when I'm like writing a great script, I'm missing out on my little girl's recital. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm sitting here like braiding my little girl's hair, I'm missing out on like one of the uh, script readings or something like that. And that's exactly basically what happens to me. I had to learn that um, there's no such thing as balance. It's like I give my all here sometimes and then I give my all there sometimes. And I'm okay with that. Um, I've gotten to a point where I can comfortably say to my clients, this is coming from a people pleaser and so it's hard for me sometimes, but I've gotten to the point where I feel comfortable communicating to people like, hey, my son is sick. I've got to take care of him. I'm not going to be in office. Um, And that's basically how I've been able to kind of like live with it. (laughs) I'm still kind of um, working on being comfortable with it um, just because like I'm still a recovering people pleaser and it's hard for me to like see somebody upset or like if they need my immediate attention, um, not to be able to like quickly dive into that. Um, I just understand that like um, if I want to have like a good relationship with my my children in the future, I need to be present for them here now. So I make time mm-hmm. to be with them like now, whenever they need me. And then I make times for my clients because they also need me and I'm on a mission to help a lot of women in color in business with their, with their endeavors as well. So I can um, give time to both. And that's kind of, I don't want to say the way I balance it, but that's the way I've accepted like go juggling between the two and being a mom also as well as being a wife because you know I have a husband and he also needs my attention yeah. outside of just taking care yeah. of the kids um being able to make just time to for us to do movie nights because that that's our thing um just yeah. like I gotta be a wife right now kids sorry like here's the TV. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you do your thing I'll be over here yep, with daddy yep. okay so yep, yep. you know like I just know that there's like you're just gonna have to kind of like go in circles if that makes any sense like and just mm-hmm. kind of figure out exactly what's a priority for you at the time and give at 100% keyword. Yeah. So how are you managing um like revenue projections again as um someone who is living this world of now you eat what you kill and you are someone who also, you know, you rely a lot on word of mouth, referrals and things like that. Um, how do you go about just making sure that you'll continue to sustain your income and grow? Um, that's a good question. I've actually been trying to work on 
the whole um, hopping back into social media marketing um, to yeah. make it work for me because uh, it works so so well for all of my clients. Like literally all of my yeah. clients are killing it at the game. Like they yeah. do it so well. So I'm trying to hop back into that and I just know it takes time to build an audience and grow like getting mm-hmm. people to know, like, and trust you and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am fortunate that like, as of right now, I still do get referrals from people I work with. So I know yeah. I can predict how, what my months are gonna look like, what my quarters are gonna look like. So that makes me comfortable as of right now. And I'm working on a plan that will help kind of like secure my future as well. Mm. Um, I I am a numbers person. Like if you wanted to have like a private conversation with me, I will tell you what my numbers are. I'm not ashamed of that. (laughs) Like I will share my numbers with you. So yeah, like I also hired, uh, it's like, I wanna say they're almost like a freelance CFO type of thing. So it's like a collection of um, accountants, tax people, you know, like they, they check in with me every once in a while just to kind of like balance my QuickBooks stuff and then like do tell me when to pay my taxes. Um, I, if like I had a question about like whether or not I can afford something, I can check in with them and just mm-hmm. be like, oh, should I make this expense? But like I said, I'm I'm always crunching numbers and trying to figure out stuff. So I know how much I'm spending on uh, a monthly basis. And then I yeah. can predict or anticipate how much I can earn per project. And if I ever feel like I'm getting low, um, best believe I'm going to raise the prices <laughs> to try, yes, to, yes, to, try yes. to get um, as much as I can from any any particular project. What's the name of that service in case anyone wants to explore? Oh, it's called um, Collective. Got it. Okay. So we'll link to that, you guys. So now we're going to jump into a quick lightning round. You listen to the show, so you know how this goes. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I mean, you just shared a resource, but we'll kick it off with um, <laughs> what is another resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Um, I know a lot of people use Dubsado, but I am a big fan of Bonsai. <laughs> so I I like a really aesthetically pleasing user interface and they're kind of like an alternative to doing automated invoicing, contracting, legal contracting too, not just something you created out of a Google Doc. <laughs> so legal <laughs> contracting, um, you know, all of that stuff, you can track your money and uh-huh. I just love them. All right, we got to get them in the sponsorship chair. Um, (laughs) Number two, who is a Black woman entrepreneur that you would switch places with for a day and why? So I would love to trade places with Shonda Rhimes one day because she's so bomb. Like she's so she's able to do like a lot and she has kids. And I would love to just switch places with her and just kind of figure out like exactly what a day in her life would look like. Yes, yes. Um, Number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your daily routine? having dinner with my kids. (laughs) Like I, I need that like family dinner time. That's one Mm -hmm. thing I will not change. I do it every single day. We don't miss it. Yay. I love (laughs) that. Um, Number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? I just, I like checking my numbers. I like seeing Mm -hmm. like what's coming. Like I like to see Yes. How much money did I make? How much money am I expecting? Uh-huh. You know, like I yes. I like checking my numbers. Like that makes me comfortable. Yes. So if that's yes. a habit. I like this. I, I really hit, hit us up if you want us to have a separate, a bonus numbers episode somehow with, with Shirley. <laughs> like let's talk about numbers and like, you know, how she's setting herself up for success because I, you know, that that just motivated me to like do more. Like oh, I want to, you know, clean up my QuickBooks for the month. Like I have mm-hmm. not been in there this month. All right. Number 
five, last one. Um, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing that steady paycheck? Yeah, I definitely um, believe in finding inspiration where you can. This podcast is like a really good resource, but it's not like the only platform out there that can help you find good inspiration, but find that inspiration that you need in order to give you the courage to go out on your own and to also just be a constant reminder that you know, like when you're going through rough times, because there are rough times, um, yes. just like reminding yourself that, you know, she did it too, you can do it too, you know, yeah. um, constantly have that, Do um, you're going to lose faith sometimes, but like, keep the faith, like, yeah. you gotta like, believe in yourself, believe that something better is on the other side. Um, yeah. Can I also like, give another resource? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Two books that please. I read in order to kind uh -huh. of like, uh, inspire um, more inspiration when I feel mm -hmm. like I'm struggling with the whole entrepreneurial thing is basically uh, the greatest salesman in the world because it's pretty much a book of affirmations if you listen to it um, mm. in, in its full extent. And then uh -huh. uh, the E-Myth, uh, I can't remember who it's by, but the, the E-Myth e Revisited. Yeah, it's, yes. yeah okay. it's such a great resource that helps you kind of figure out exactly what you need to do. It's literally written right there. Just kind of like follow it and that will help you kind of be guided through all of the process of your businesses. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Shirley. This was awesome. Yeah. This was excellent. I mean, I just hope that, you know, you guys let us know. Tag me on social, Instagram, Twitter. Let me know what you thought of this episode because I just think that Shirley shared so much. Of course, you know, you guys can also watch us on YouTube. Don't forget that um, these episodes are now video on YouTube. So you can check us out. Let us know in the comments what you learned, what else you want to know because, I mean, we might need a part two. <laughs> So where, where can people connect with you after this episode? Um, I am sometimes on Instagram. <laughs> It'll be Shirley T Design. And then um, my website, which is ShirleyT.co. Shirley T is a nickname that I have. If you're wondering, like, where did that come from? It's, it's just a nickname that I go by. Well, there you have it, you guys. I'll link to all of that in the show notes. And thank you again, Shirley. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 